You're listening to the Outstanding Life Podcast with your host, Johnny D, the motivational cowboy. 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 As a motivational speaker, Johnny D impacts audiences around the world with his message of living the outstanding life. He's a best-selling author, MC, and two-time Grammy-considered artist. This podcast is a place where Johnny D can introduce you to his outstanding friends and share funny, interesting, and heart-provoking stories. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle up. Here comes your host, Johnny D. Hey everybody, I'm Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy. Welcome to this week's Outstanding Life podcast. Today on the phone from North Carolina, we have Jesse Proctor. Jesse is a mom, barrel racer, leather maker, entrepreneur, and businesswoman. I am so excited for you guys to hear Jesse's story. I have known this incredible lady for 20 years. I was just telling her just off the call here, I was like, you know, you are the hardest working woman that I know. And I am so blessed that she is on the phone, going to share her story of what it's like to be a mom, a barrel racer, a leather maker, an entrepreneur, and a businesswoman. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesse Proctor. Jesse, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Absolutely outstanding. It's a little cold here in Detroit, but uh, you're in North Carolina. You said it was raining and a little chilly. Like, what's chilly for you? It's 60 degrees. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Jesse. Um, (laughs) I'm taking off this week uh, on my way to Arizona for a gig, but uh, I'm going to jump right into this with, you know, with, with, with having you on the show for 50 minutes, Jesse, being a barrel racer, I I have to ask, how did it all get started for you? Like, Like at what age did you first get on a horse? Well, I've been riding horses since I was a little tiny girl. Um, what's, my, a little, what's a little tiny girl? Because you're still tiny. Well, since I was a young girl. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure how old I was when I started riding. I, you know, probably two, three years old. Um, riding has just been a part of my life. I've been doing it my whole life. Um, I did not start going to rodeos and competing. I think I was like seven um, when I started. My parents started taking me to rodeos, junior rodeos. Um, to compete. Up until then, I just rode. Whose idea was it, Jesse? Was it yours, you know, in kindergarten, first grade, going to mom and dad saying, hey, listen, I want to do this. I want to be, you know, I want to go out there and I want to barrel race. You know, I'm not really sure. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not sure whose idea it was. I think, I mean, we rode and in rodeo, you know, you'll go to other families' houses and you'll all practice together, ride together. And I think if, I'm not sure I'm remembering this correctly, but I think we were going down for my dad to steer wrestle down in, um, at a family's house, the Bustle's house down in uh, Huntersville. And that's how my brother and I kind of ended up getting involved. And they let me, they did let me ride one of their barrel horses. And, um, from then, from that point, my parents took me to a rodeo and I ran that horse and it actually did not do very well. And with me on it. And so they called another family friend in South Carolina and he had a horse for sale. And I think we left either that night or the very next morning and went and bought her. Well, that's so cool. What was the, what was the lure like for you to get into barrel racing? Was it like the dressing up? Was it the adrenaline of being on the back of a horse? What was it for you that you're like, Hey, you know what? I, I want to try this. I want to do this. Well, you know, I don't think there was really a lure for me to get into it. Um, it's not something I, I don't think I saw it and wanted to do it. It was just our way of life. Um, it was just kind of nat- came natural to us to want to rodeo, want to be, um, want to live this lifestyle. I think like for Journey, she's young and, um, you know, I hope with, with her going with me and watching me and she actually goes to the junior rodeos already and she's two and a half. She's been going since she was one. Um, but I, I hope it's a, it's a great lifestyle, a great family atmosphere. So I hope just going and watching, like if she wants to rodeo, I would never force her to, but if she wants to, I hope she, you know, watches and it's just kind of a way of life for her also. When, like, was there a switch that flipped for you when, when you were doing it for fun and then wanting to compete doing it? Do you remember that moment? I mean, we, in my business, we call them those aha moments of, of something triggers us. And, 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 you know, did you have one of those moments? I don't think I did. Um, I'm, I'm competitive, but I'm competitive with myself. 
when I run down the alleyway on my horses, I just want to put my horses in the best position where they have the best chances. And however it ends up, it ends up. I'm not in control of that. If, you know, if I end up first, second or last, um, that's how the good Lord wanted it to be. Right. There was never, there was never really a, I think a, a switch that flipped because I still, to this day, don't look at my runs when I run down the alleyway as that as if I have to go win. Like to me, it's fun. It's what I love to do. It's where I guess you could say I kind of feel at home. So there was, I've just kind of had that same mentality. I think my whole life. Gotcha. For those of us who can't ride without the risk of getting hurt, can you describe the feeling you get being in control of a horse that travels what I heard up to 55 miles per hour during a race, can you walk us through, I mean, you know, we've been around people that are race car drivers. We've been around people that, that get up on stages and and you are on the back of a horse in a stadium riding. What is that feeling like for you? I know you just kind of said it in the last question where, where there was some freedom, but walk us through what it's like to ride at a professional level. Well, there is a lot of freedom that comes with it. Um, you know, everything else in the world just disappears at that moment. It's the, it's a hard feeling to describe to me. It's, it's like the best feeling. It's where I feel at home. It's where I feel free. Um, as far as being in control of my horses, I like my horses to be, you know, so broke and so patterned and love their job so much that when I run down the alleyway, you know, I can get them stopped if I need to, but when they run down that alleyway, they're going to turn three barrels, I'm not pulling them to make them turn. They love to do it. It's what they want to do. Um, it's a feeling like no other, you know, to me, there's nothing that compares to it. That is so neat. You had no pressure being your brother's big sister, but you're also married to a bull rider and you were on the road a lot. When you guys were going out together, was there pressure there or like, did he want you to be a barrel racer? Did he not want to, you know what I mean? Like kind of walk us through that. Oh gosh. Well, <laughs> um, no, there wasn't, there wasn't any other, you know, extra pressure on me when I was married. Maybe I would say a couple of times I might feel a little nervous or like, you know, oh my goodness, all these people are you know, watching my, my brother and my now ex-husband, you know, and they may have these expectations from myself. Um, but I didn't know, you know, in that moment in time, I was doing the things behind the scene, like the home step and taking care of the horses and, um, reaching that level. And I, it's, a, it's a, it's hard thing to describe, but when I was married, I knew he had goals and dreams that he wanted to reach and I was willing to stand behind him and, you know, kind of, I still did what I love to do. I still went and ran barrels and yeah, he wanted me to run barrels and rodeo. Um, but I kind of stepped down and stood behind him and kind of, you know, it was a accomplishment or we were a team. So it was accomplishment for him to go live out his dreams. And he wanted to go higher than I wanted to go in our sport, you know, and he accomplished that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, being married was great, but, you know, with marriage, sometimes, sometimes comes divorce and actually, you know, my divorce, as hard as that, those things are, it's one of the best things. And I can say this 100% with confidence that has ever happened in my life. Jesse, I have to say, thank you for, for, for the honesty. There's so many people that are listening right now that need to hear this, that it's okay. It's okay. It is okay. Yeah. And and Johnny, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm a, I've always been a strong person and I'm not going to say it didn't, you know, take me down a couple of notches for a little bit. Um, but what it did do is it did um, allow me to get back to that person, that girl, that mentality that I had, that independency that I had when, when I first met you, you know, back when we were traveling and on the road, you know, doing those things, it allowed me to get that girl back. Yeah. The girl that was kind of wrapped up in someone else's dreams in life. And that girl's back and I would not trade that for anything in the world. Plus without, without the, going through those things, I wouldn't have my daughter and she is absolutely 
100% the best thing I've ever done. Oh, man. And your daughter's beautiful, too. I just saw uh, pictures of a, a photo shoot you guys did yesterday. Jesse, this is the Outstanding Life podcast. And 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 I don't want to... I don't want to talk a whole lot about, you know, the divorce and stuff like that, because I want to talk about you, but I do want, I want to ask you this question. What advice, what advice could you give a lady or even a man going through a divorce right now that, that they're in that place where you said you were kind of lost? What advice could you give that person listening to you right now? That's going through the same things you went through. What advice could you give them? Well, I will say my, my ex-husband had an affair and that's what led to our divorce, which couldn't make it worse. Divorce is divorce. It's all hard. However, you have to just keep moving forward. I know in that moment, if you're going through it right now, you can't see it. You can't feel it. You can't see it. You know, it's so hard, but you just have to keep putting one foot in front of the other and my ex-sister-in-law, which is my brother's ex-wife, but we're super close. She had went through that divorce, her and my brother's divorce, and she would tell me every single day, just get up and keep going. You know, she she was like, I wish I could just fast forward you to where she was at at that point when then I was then going through a divorce. And as hard as it was to see then, I did every day. I just got up and kept putting one foot in front of the other. The things that I wanted to do while I was married that I didn't have the opportunity to, opportunities to do, um, I started, it kind of lit a fire back underneath me to, okay, these are the things you want to do now, go do them. If there's something that you wanted to do and you couldn't do it, if there's school that you wanted to go back to, you know, if there's places you wanted to go see, go do it. Even if you have to do it alone, go do it. I promise you things will get better. And sometimes I, I truly wholeheartedly believe this, that sometimes what you think was the end is the beginning of something so much better. Amen. Great advice. Jesse, um, you know, you being on horses as long as you have, um, have you ever been on a horse and, and got hurt riding? I have. Um, can you walk us through that, that story? I can. Um, back in August of 2014, I think it was, um, it might've been 2015. I think it was 2014. Um, I had a bay mare and she was an older mare and she loved her job. So when you pointed her toward the alleyway, which is the part of the arena that we run through to go run barrels, she was going to go. And there, when you talk about control, there was no control in her. She was gone. She was going to do her job. And a guy stepped out in front of her. And when he did, she made a hard left. When she made that hard left, she hit a flatbed running full speed. It wasn't that far away, but she was already running full speed. She hit that flatbed and she flipped over the top of it. Um, Somehow um, there was angels with me that day. It wasn't my time to go because the ramps that fold up on the back of the flatbed, I somehow sit between those ramps and went up underneath the flatbed so that she didn't land on top of me. Um, People actually thought that I was not alive underneath there. My now ex-husband got calls that he needed to get home. They, you know, no, I don't think that people thought that I was going to come out of that underneath that flatbed. Um, And I really don't remember exactly what happened. I remember seeing the flatbed coming, but I do, you know, everyone or a lot of people told me what happened afterwards. Um, I did get a really bad concussion and things like that. Um, my horse, she actually cut her femoral artery and she was bleeding out. Thank goodness for our big rodeo family because people actually rode in the back of the horse trailer with her a couple hours to this to the closest vet that could possibly save her life. We did not know the extent of her injuries at the time. We just knew she couldn't put any pressure on that back leg. I was in the ambulance and they told me they had to take me to the hospital. We all know, you know, I love my horses. And so I told them I was going with my horse. I would die before she died. 
So I got in the truck and went to the vet. My mom rushed from here, from home, down to Aiken, South Carolina. It took her a couple of hours to get there. And my mayor, she, we had this super close bond, but um, it's like, sorry, I'm going to get emotional again, but um, it's like she knew, like she was holding out until somebody was there, like a family member. As soon as she heard my mom's voice, she fell to the ground and she passed away. I did not have to make that decision to put her to sleep. I was waiting on my mom to get there because it was one of the hardest decisions I was going to have to make. Um, You know, I wanted to be selfish and let her be a pasture ornament if that's all she could be. At the same time, I knew she wasn't going to have the quality of life that she was used to. And she absolutely loved her job. She lived for running barrels. Um, So she, she passed away. Um, and again, from tragedy and bad things can come good things. Um, after she, you know, a couple weeks after she had passed away, I, I got a, a younger horse, a new horse, um, that I'd actually looked at, I think the week before she passed away, I'd looked at this mare and decided to wait to get her. I just wasn't hundred percent sure about her. Um, so after Boogie passed away, we called the people that had the mare, asked them to bring her to the house. Um, they brought her and we bought her. Um, from at that time, watching this new young mare, her name's Miss T, you know, come up and turn into this awesome horse. She was placing at rodeos at four years old. Um, a good friend, Tanner Shelton, he had trained her. Um, he, you know, told me about her and all these things. From getting that young horse, I went from having this mentality of, oh, I like the older horses that have been there, done that, to, okay, I like the young horses. I like watching them grow up and accomplish things and turn into these athletes that they're, you know, they become. So that led me to get more babies and more younger horses and, you know, brood mares and start raising my own babies. So, you know, again, from bad things can come good things and turn your life completely on a whole different path that you never even thought about before. That's incredible. Hey, you know, speaking of horses and do horses get like attitudes? Do they get moody? Like, like a relationship, like, like, like if your husband or boyfriend or girlfriend, like do horses get moody? And if they do, and they, and, and they do get an attitude, like what do you do to get them out of their mood? Oh man, do they? <laughs> Let me tell you. So I'm a mare person. I like mares because I like I like attitude. I like quirks. You give me you give me a gelding or a relaxed horse that has no personality, and I'm gonna be bored. You know, Johnny D. I'm like high strung, like to live li- life in the fast lane. You know, <laughs> like I like the challenge. I like the the grittiness you know um so they absolutely do get moody i i have a bunch of them right now that they all have their own personalities but it's so much fun especially for me it's so much fun to watch the different horses personalities one of the mares that i run right now she has a well she's in those photos you saw that you were talking about earlier from yesterday beautiful Um, horse her name is her name is Feathers and Frost. She's a seven-year-old mare. Um, she has the most gritty personality. She is like me in horse form. She has what she wants, and that's it. You know, she she does not like splint boots, which are the protective boots that go on the bottom, you know, their front and back legs. She doesn't like them. So you know what? I work around her. I don't force her. I don't it's too much of a fight to get it done. So I don't force her to wear those. We just roll with it. We just go with it. And it's super hard for me to go with the flow. I'm not a go with the flow kind of person, but these horses, <laughs> these horses, because I have, I work around them. I don't want anybody to come in and change me. I've went down that road before. I don't want to do it again. So I don't try to change them. Their personality is what makes them the competitors and the horses that they are. The last thing I want to do is change that. I work around them. I know their quirks. I know their feelings. I know their personality. So I just deal with it. Jesse, how do you manage being a mom to your daughter, Journey? Barrel racer, businesswoman, entrepreneur. How do you manage all of that? I mean, take us through a day, just a day with you. I mean, it's got to be crazy. And, say, and, and, and you different. have a farm. 
which day? Because they're all different, Johnny B. <laughs> now, our typical day, and, you know, I, I do work. I do permanent makeup also. Um, so I do, I have that business too. My goal is to spend as much time with Journey as I possibly can because she's growing so fast. And if you would have asked me this question five years ago or four years ago, and you would have told me that this would be, this scenario would be my life right now, I would have told, looked at you and said, nope, you're crazy. I, I could not handle, I could not handle stress like that because to me back then that would have been stressful. You know, I would have been adding stress in my life. Now, again, growing as a person and becoming a mom, the greatest thing that's, that's ever happened, um, you know, is becoming a mom and having my daughter, you just kind of learn to, to go with it. I had to let go of the idea of I had to plan everything and everything had to be perfect. And I had, you know, I still have my planner with my day written out in it, but sometimes things happen, you know, and I want my daughter to live her life as a kid, not necessarily the way that I lived my life for so long at, you know, at this time, we're going to do this and that time we're going to do that. So I try to work, you know, a few days, I work a few days a week. And then on the days that I'm not working, she and I, we go do something fun. We go to the zoos or we, you know, we go do, I'll ask her, what do you want to do? And, and she's only two and a half, but let me tell you, (laughs) she's a mini me and she can tell you what she wants to do. So a typical day in our life, we get up and we eat breakfast and we feed the horses. Um, if I'm going to work, she goes and sits with my dad. I try not to work long hours, you know? So she sits Jesse, with I my wanna, dad. I, while- I want to stop you right there. I just want to make sure okay. that I, I heard this right. You have breakfast with your daughter and then yes. she, she goes with you to do the chores in out in the stables or wh- wherever around the farm. Oh yeah. She's been doing barn chores since, you know, not, not physically doing them. Right. No, of course. I better make sure. But she's been going to the barn since we, I was still riding when I was, when I was pregnant, you know? Um, so that's amazing. That's awesome. Literally been around horses before she ever came into this world. Um, so yeah, she goes with me. She loves it. She has her pony. She loves to feed hay. She loves to feed grain. Um, one of the, one of the things that I definitely want to teach, you know, journeys, I am big on being responsible and having responsibilities. Not that I would ever overwork her or force these responsibilities on her, but if you're going to have horses and you're going to love them and you're going to compete on them, they're not just tools. They're your family. I was raised that my horses eat before we eat. They were taken care of first, even as a little kid, which is absolutely fine. I'm thankful for that. However, with Journey and being a single mom, she eats, we eat, you know, we eat our breakfast. Then we go outside and we take care of the horses. They might not get fed at the same time every day, but they're taken care of. Right. Then she and I start our day. Um, And, you know, on a day that she and I are going to do something last Wednesday, she and I went to the zoo. We came home from the zoo. She wanted to go fishing. So we went fishing. Then we took care of the horses again and. And then, you know, we went inside and ate dinner for the evening and, and called it a day. Um, on the days I have to work, she sits with my dad while, I, you know, I have a client or whatever I'm doing, or maybe my mom, if my mom keeps her that day. And then I try not to spend long hours at work because I don't want to miss out on her childhood. Um, I I try to spend as absolutely as much time with her that I can. So then when I get home, we, we go to, you know, go to the do whatever we're going to do with the horses, ride, whatever we're going to do. Um, and of course we play with toys and do all the fun things. I'm not big on TV, so we don't really sit inside and watch TV and those kind of things. If it's sunny and it's warm outside, you're probably going to catch us outside. <laughs> What's been a funny or memorable experience from the years of you road, you know, being in rodeos? You, There has to be some like funny times or memorable times and you're like, I mean, and, and again, you've been doing it for so long. There's got to be at least one. Oh, yeah. I could probably write a book on these things. Just the <laughs> funny things. I mean, like life with a bunch of barrel racers is just funny in general because we all, you know, different crazy things happen. Um, let me think of when. Oh, well, 
my I used to and I still do sometimes my really good friend Lauren um one of my best friends in in life we traveled everywhere together for years a couple of years um we went you know every weekend although I was married I was still traveling by myself because he was gone rodeoing out west and so um I, I like to drive. So I was driving and Lauren was in the passenger seat and she was putting where we were going in the GPS. Well, she put the rodeo for the next weekend in the GPS. So we, we had been in a rodeo the night before and spent the night. And so we get up and we're, we're driving to this rodeo and we pulled in and I'm like, oh, wow, this looks like this same place that we're coming to next weekend. Because we had been there before. And then we realized... We had put the, we had went a couple hours and out of the way. We had put the, put the wrong address in the GPS. Well, we had another friend behind us following us. So we had to stop and get diesel because by this point, you know, we're running low on diesel because we should have already been at the rodeo we were going to. So we pull in the, in the gas station and Rebecca, the girl behind us, she was like, well, my GPS kept telling me to turn around. She had the right address in. She said, but I just thought you guys knew where you were going. That and we is were like, awesome. oh my goodness. So yeah, there's so many, I could write a book on the, just the stories that have happened on the road. Um, but that one, I will never forget that because That's it was hilarious. just, Lauren and I both just looked at each other like, did we really just do that? <laughs> Jesse, you've said several times already about, you know, family, 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 how do you stay so positive with the people that you're competing against every single weekend? I mean, there's got to be, I mean, it can't be all fun and games. I mean, there's got to be a little bit of drama against, you know, you're, you're competing against people. You, I mean, you may not want to go and take first every single time because that's not like your, your, you know, main goal, but I'm sure that there's people out there that their main goal is winning money and getting the belt buckles. Well, I don't have, you know, that much time to get in the drama if there is drama. Um, I love, I just love what I do and I love being there. I'm so thankful to be there. So let me ask you this. Let me ask you in a, in a different way. You are competing against people that you are friends with. That's gotta be tough at, at times, right? No, 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 it's not on paper. And at the final, the final outcome of the event, yeah, we're competing against each other. And I don't know how other people feel about this, but to me, when I run down that alleyway, it's me and my horse and we're competing against the time clock. Um, You know, yeah, they're on paper. I'm trying to outrun or out, you know, have a better time than other people. I can't control how that turns out. So when I run down that alleyway, it's me and my horse against the time clock. It's not me and my horse are against this person or that person. I've said this for my whole life and I will continue to say this and believe this. You can, you can put in all the work and you can do everything you want to do. And you have to do that. If you want to compete, it's put the work in at the end of the day, whatever's supposed to happen is going to happen. So however the good Lord wants the chips to fall, that's where they're going to fall. You know, and I truly believe if you run down that alleyway or in any rodeo event, I don't know about other sports. I don't, I'm not a sports player, you know, but when you run down that alleyway, if to me, if you have to go win money or you're going in there thinking I have to win first, you already beat yourself. Yeah. You have to have that little bit of competitive edge to you. But you have to, to me, you have to go in there and you have to just trust your horse and do what you've, you know, trained to do and practice to do. And just know that in the end, you can't control, you're running against, you know, 70, 100 other girls. You can't control what their horses and their times are going to be. You have to go in there and, and just compete against yourself. Jesse, I have the biggest smile on my face. And, and, and I'm going to tell you what I got out of that. There's been a lot of people over the years, and there's a lot of people, especially in the motivational business, that they say that they are motivational speakers, and but they really don't want to see other people do better than them. And I've always been one of those people, and you've known me a long time, when I, I want to help people take that next jump to that next level. And I, and I, want, to, I want to be proud with them. 
And it sounds like that's exactly what you're saying. You truly believe that the girls you're, 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 you're camping with or hanging out with, you also want to see them do well and you mean it and you mean it. Like I'm getting goosebumps right now. And that's, if, if people were like that a little bit more, the world wouldn't be where we are today. And, and, and that's what I was trying to say, um, or ask you that, that question, because I want to make sure that I heard it right. And, and, and for everybody listening right now, what she said is so important. When her friend says, Hey, listen, uh, you know, go out there and do a great job. Hey, and you do a great job. You actually mean it. You want to see people succeed. Even if that means that they beat you. Right. I love it. I love right. it. Justin. Even Lauren, you know, even when Lauren and I were traveling together, um, you know, she made uh, the IFR. I flew out. I didn't make the IFR that year. I flew out there to watch her because I like for me, like I was so proud of her. We're competing against each other. Yes, absolutely. But at the same time, we're competing with each other, not just against each other. Um my my competition is me and my horse against the time clock. You know, um, I and this is maybe my quirk, but I don't tell people good luck. And some people might think, you know, that's that's weird or that's a big thing in rodeos to say good luck. Um, for me personally, I don't believe in luck. I believe that when I pull out of my driveway and again, I know, I, you know, God and stuff like that. Um, but when I pull out of my driveway, I truly believe that whatever is supposed to happen is going to happen. It's already known. I can go do the best that I've ever done. But at the end of the day, how that outcome was going to end up was already known before I even left my house. Great, great answer. What qualities do you think are most critical to a horse's success? Heart. 100% heart. They have to have the heart for it. Can you teach a horse heart? Or do they, no. are they born with it? You can't teach them heart. No, some people might disagree and think you can. They have to want it. Like, it's kind of like people. Like, you can separate the people with heart from the people that aren't, you know? And not that there's anything wrong with being put in tough situations and crumbling and rising above that. That's, that's perfect. You know, that's great. But you still, deep down inside, you have to have the heart to do it. You have to have the heart to overcome it and not let it just take you completely down and out. Same with horses. They have to have the heart. Um, you can take the fastest horse, the most well-bred horse on paper. And if they don't have heart, they're probably not going to be that great. Jesse, I, I could not wait to ask you this question because I personally want to know this. And I know when I ask it, everybody's going to say, absolutely. Yes, Johnny. Thank you for asking this question. How do barrel racers keep their flipping hats on? How do we keep our hats on? Yeah. I mean, girl, you, you guys are going so fast and your hats seem to never come off. Tell well, us, I have a lot tell of hair. Us, tell us the trick, Jesse. Tell How do you guys keep the hats on? Here's the trick. So, and here's the reason. Some places, some some rodeo associations, you'll get you can get disqualified or get a fine if your hat comes off. No kidding. Also, yeah. For me, you know how much hair I have. If my hat comes off and my hair is all over the place, either I'm not going to be able to see or, you know, it's it's terrible. So, the inside of a hat, there is a leather sweatband, okay? When you put your hat on, just walking around, it fits. This is how I do it. Other people do it in different ways. But before I run, I take that leather sweatband and I either fold it over in the back or I flip it down so it's sticking out. So then when I push my hat down on my head, it's kind of like a suction cup. Oh, gotcha. You definitely don't want to do it. You don't want to suction your hat onto your head within, you know, 7 to 14 days after getting Botox, because it can leave that line across your forehead. <laughs> so, because it is so absolutely tight, it's not going to come off. Jesse, do you know that because it's happened? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, it can, like, move that Botox crown or something. And actually, as I'm talking to you, this is so funny. As I'm talking to you, I'm feeling my forehead, because that's what I do, you know. I'm talking about <laughs> forehead, feel my forehead. So... I just wore a hat Saturday night at the rodeo that I haven't worn in a while. And because I hadn't worn it in a while, it's kind of, you know, a little bit shrank on the inside and it's not as, 
it didn't fit as great as it normally does. So it was a little bit tight. I've been rubbing my forehead. It's kind of sore. Like it's kind of bruised. That's how tight it was. Oh, that's awesome. Hey, Jesse, when, when you race, do you pick the music that you race to? Typically, no. I think there has been one time at the, um, at the rodeo finals, I did pick one song I think that I ran to, um, but typically no, they're just playing music, um, different songs for different people. Now, when you get to like, to like the world finals or like the PBRs or stuff like that, I think they do still let the guys pick their song they want to ride to because it, it gets to where when fans hear that song, then they know it's that rider. They put the two together. How often? Go ahead. For my rodeos, I I don't, to be honest with you, I don't even hear what song's playing. I'm so in the zone. So no, I don't pick my music. How often do you practice? Well, it just depends. Um, Before I had Journey, I rode a bunch of horses almost every single day unless I was out of town. Um, Now, well, the past couple of weeks, our weather has been terrible. Um, so typically when the weather is nice, I don't necessarily practice. I just kind of keep my horses ridden and keep them in shape and keep them legged up, as, you know, is what you would call it. Um, just kind of lope them, long trot them, exercise them. Going around the barrels and stuff, at this point, the horses that I'm running are patterned and they're ready to go. Um, so they don't really need to see the barrels other than when they're competing. Jesse, how do you stay in shape? I mean, do you work out every day? Do you do yoga? Like, what is your routine to stay in shape to do this every single weekend? Well, this is kind of a hard question. You know, I've, I've always been kind of like naturally, I guess you would say like a fit person. Um, it's my body type. But I do... And since I've had journey again, you know, life changes. Um, before I had journey, I did yoga almost every single day. And, and some, most of the time, even when I was out of town, I did a lot of yoga. It helps with your core, your mobility, different things like that, your strength without getting big, you know, muscles. Um, I did go to the gym. Um, after I had journey, I do yoga at home. Um, I do kind of, I, I try to stay in shape. But spending time with my daughter and doing my, taking care of my horses at this point in my life, take, you know, they prioritize over making sure I go to yoga every day, making sure I go to the gym every day. Is this something I should still be doing every single day? Probably so. Um, but I do still do yoga at home and exercise. Journey loves to do yoga with me. So we'll get the mats out when we do yoga. And she's, <laughs> she's really good for a kid. Um, she, she watches what I do and then she does it you know um so for someone that doesn't have a child and they're not in this situation or the position that i'm in in life right now and that can go and exercise and they're wanting to ride and they're wanting to know yoga you know ex- just exercise and just staying fit have you ever had a fan give you something special that became like maybe a good luck charm to you i would say over the years and when I was married again, you know, we were given a lot of things. And to me, like given different things like that, no matter what they were, they all meant something. I'm a giver. Like I'm a, I love gifts. I love giving gifts. I, I love to give people things. Um, so they all meant something to me. I would say when two of the things that stick out in my mind is when, um, when my mayor passed away, um, one of my friends had her tail braided into, um, and obviously she's my friend, not a fan, but she had her tail braided, braided into a bracelet. And in those pictures yesterday, you could probably see it. That bracelet is on that hat band of that hat. Um, I still have it with me. Um, and then I'm trying to think like another thing that, somebody had something made for me out of horseshoes. And I remember that specifically, but we've gotten me separately. And when I was married, we've gotten so many different things over the years and they all mean so much. Like it could be the smallest thing. That's my personality type. Johnny D you could write on a piece of paper, like a little note and I'm going to keep it forever. Yeah. Nope. That's exactly, you know, who you are. I have some social media questions with only like 10 minutes left. I want to, I want to ask you these questions. Do you remember your first win and did you win money or a belt buckle? 
Um, I do remember my first win, and I don't even know if I won or I placed. I remember the first time I won money. I think I was nine years old. And um, I didn't win a belt buckle. I won money. I was at a junior rodeo. Um, as a matter of fact, the money is still in the envelope, sealed, has never been opened. Maybe I won like 10 or $12. It wasn't much. You know, that was a long time ago, Johnny Z. <laughs> like, that was like, what, 30, almost 31 years ago. You know, back then, that was probably a good amount of money um, for a little kid. You know, and um, but it's still in a picture frame, never been opened. The money is still in there. That my is parents, so cool. My parents kept my first money and my brother's first money. And we we both won our first money on the same day. And I don't remember this part, but they say that we hugged all the way home. <laughs> and I am not, you know, a big hugger. So I'm like, that's still a little bit hard for me to believe. But they say we were so happy and so excited. We hugged all the way home. Do you have any race day rituals? Um, favorite hat, favorite pair of jeans, favorite pair of socks. I don't know. Well, I used to, again, as you have a child, you know, you just do what you got to do. You know, um, I don't necessarily have any certain things that I follow anymore. Sometimes depending on how I'm feeling, I'll sage my horse trailer, the inside of it, you know, just, to sage it. Um, <laughs> and then I always, I always, always, always pray before I run. Always. Um, is there a certain prayer that, that you pray or is it just different every, every weekend? There's a certain prayer. I'm not going to tell you my prayers, my prayer, but I will tell you the gist of it is, um, you know, just to let us, let me and my horse do the best that we can do. This is pretty much what I pray, you know, for my, for my horse and I to do the best that we can do and for God to keep us safe, whatever is supposed to happen is going to happen, but mainly just keep us safe. Jesse, what advice would you give somebody that is listening right now and they're thinking, you know, mom, dad, I want to try this. What advice could you give that child? Well, if it's a child and the parents are, are, you know, going back and forth on getting their child involved in rodeo, I would 100% encourage them to get their child involved. It's not, you know, it's, it's not the cheapest sport you can do. However, um, what I do know with our sport is we're like one big family. And I can promise you at this very moment, I could call most of the people that I rodeo with and whatever I need, they would help you. Um, most rodeo people just give you their shirt off their back. They're just down to earth. Um, you know, genuine people. It's, it's a really good sport. I really, really hope that I will never force my child to rodeo if she doesn't want to, but I really hope that she wants to grow up living this lifestyle with the family atmosphere, with all the kids being friends. Um, so if the, if the child is wanting to do it and they're, you know, telling their parents they want to do it and their parents are going back and forth, just keep begging. That's all <laughs> I can tell you. Just keep begging. Maybe, maybe you'll get there, but it's absolutely worth it. At least try it. Jesse, in other sports, um, they watch film or video to learn what they've done right and wrong and to also watch their competitors. Do you go back and watch film from other rodeos that you've done? So I watch, okay, let me start. The other competitor part, I do watch my other competitors, um, my competition. I do watch their runs, but you know how I watch them? I watch them so that I can heart them or love them or whatever you want to call it on Facebook. I don't love them to study their runs or, I mean, watch them to study their runs or pick apart their runs. Um, or, you know, I watch them to congratulate them. Now my own runs, I can go in there and win the whole rodeo and I'm going to find something that I could have done better, done differently. So I do watch my runs back and I, I used to pick them apart, 100% pick them apart, every little thing. Now I watch them to see what I could, could have done different. And maybe I could have, you know, kicked a little bit more here, or done this or that, or how the ground was at a certain place. But I'm not quite, I'm not hard on myself and I'm not hard on my horse. So even though I'm picking things apart, it's just to keep, for me to keep in mind, 
maybe do that a little bit different next time. Jesse, when you want to get away from everything, businesses, rodeo, what does Jesse like to do? When you want to get away, what do you like to do? Well, (laughs) I love to spend time with my daughter. That is the main thing I like to do. She does go to rodeos with me. Anything she wants to do, I love going and doing those things. Um, Now, outside of spending time with Journey, I love to work. You know this about me. I've been this way my whole life. I'll probably never change. I love to work. I love to be busy. If I don't have something to do, I'm going to find something to do. This has been a hard transition for me for with having journey. And that's, you know, just being honest is going from, you know, wanting to work, 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 work all the time to now, you know, I'm responsible for another human and I'm, I'm going to, you know, I need to, I've got a razor and, and I've got to not just be so focused on working all the time or getting things done as I call it all the time. Um, to me, work is relaxing. Riding my horses is relaxing. Um, and spending time with Journey is is just so much fun. Just watching her grow is like the most amazing thing. Jesse, I've I've brought this up a couple of times. You know, you being a mom, barrel racer. Obviously, we've been talking about that. But you're also a leather maker. How did that happen? I mean, and your work is beautiful. Oh, thank you. Um, well, when when I was married, my ex husband he did leather work, and um, you know. When you're married, you tend to pick up some of those same hobbies and things like that. Um, so I just started working in the shop with him, and it's something that I love. You know, like I don't have the time to sit down and like tool things and do those kind of things. Nor do I, you know, truly have the patience for tooling out something that takes days and days and days to do. But the other stuff that I make, um, you know, and work on, it it just kind of evolved from working with him and and trying to learn. I love to learn new things. I love to always be evolving and growing as a person. So it just came from that. So not only do you have the leather shop, you also have a boutique as well. Talk a little bit about that. So the online boutique, um, I do have an online boutique. My cousin's in school to be a doctor. um, And so in her school, you know, she can't have a job. Um, It's just part of her, her whatever you want to call it that she's doing her classes or whichever they make her, you know, sign a contract that she won't work. She has to focus on being a doctor. So it's just something that I'd want to start. And if you want me to be completely transparent, when I was married, I'd ask my husband at the time, you know, I said, can I start a boutique? Absolutely not. He was totally against it. Okay. So can I go to makeup school? Nope you know, you're not going to makeup school. So when I got divorced, these things, you know, and I asked him out of respect. Some people say, why did you even ask? Well, ask out of respect. Looking back, yeah, I could have not asked, but I'll always know I had that respect enough to ask, you know, what, no matter what the answer was, I had the respect to ask. And that's something that's important to me. Um, But from you know, getting divorced and now, okay, I can do all these things I want to do because there's nobody to tell me whether I can or can't. I don't have to ask anyone. So I started the boutique and my cousin helps me with that. And we'll go set up different places. It's just online. I don't want a storefront. I don't have time for a storefront. Um, but it's so much fun. I love clothes. I love fashion. Um, I always have. Yes, you so, have. So how can people yeah. find it? Um, at seven feathers designs and boutique.com. Okay. Say that, or, say or that again. Instagram. It's called seven feathers designs and boutique. I love it. And Jesse, I got two more social media questions and I'm going to wrap this thing up. And, uh, um, this is a good one. Have you like, do you get nervous before a race? No, you never now, get nervous. I would say if the ground if the ground doesn't look that great, because ground plays a big factor in what we do. If I see horses slipping and falling, I might get a little, I don't want to say nervous because I'm really not nervous because I do trust my horse. I might get a little uneasy. That'd be a better word of it. Okay. You know, I'm, yeah. I kind of get a little worried about my horse. I don't, I don't want to hurt my horse. I don't want to put her in a position to where it's my fault that something happened to her and, or any of my horses, not right. just the one. Um, but no, I don't get nervous. And there was a time in my life when I did get nervous, especially right after I got hurt. I got really nervous. If 
being completely honest, I was scared. I got to a point in my life after that happened that I was scared. When people started telling me that they thought that I was not alive underneath that trailer, I got to a point where I was, I was terrified, but I had to overcome it. I had to work through it. I had to go back to that same arena on a different horse and run barrels there and know that it's going to be okay. It wasn't my time to go. I'm still here. I still have things I have to do, you know? Um, so as far as getting nervous when I run down the alleyway, no, I don't, I don't feel those nerves. I love it. Like it's, it's just, uh, your heart's beating, you're excited. You know, it's, it's a feeling that is really hard to describe. Jesse, adrenaline. It's more adrenaline. There you go. That's, That's a great one. Yes. Hey, so, so with only a couple, like 30 seconds left, is there any last comments that you want to tell the listeners? Um, basically just, you know, if you're going through a point in your life right now and you don't know that you can go do the things or be the person that you want to be or reach your dreams and your goals and, you know, just keep going, just keep trying, keep going. And I have something I'm going to post later with a picture from yesterday that totally reminded me to keep putting one foot in front of the other and keep going and keep trying. That's all you can do. You know, pray, trust that everything is a stepping stone to lead to something else. So if you're on a stepping stone, that's not so good right now. The next one might be the best thing that's ever happened to you in your life. Jesse, how can people follow you on social? I'm on Facebook. I'm under Jesse Proctor. And then same thing on Instagram. Um, you know, I don't even know my Instagram thing. I know it's Jesse Proctor. It's <laughs> right. a picture of me with my, of me. <laughs> Jesse Proctor underscore one or something like that. I'm sure if you put it in, it will come up. Yes. And if not, it might be something it, I need to know, Johnny. B. Right. And if not, you can, you can reach out to me and I can put you in touch with her on social. Yeah. I don't think there's that many people out there with my name. So. <laughs> right. That's right. Hey, Jesse, I can't thank you enough. Everybody. Again, I'm Johnny D the motivational cowboy and Jesse Proctor. I cannot thank you enough for hanging out with us here on the Outstanding Life Podcast. Thank you again, Jesse Proctor, mom, barrel racer, leather maker, entrepreneur, businesswoman. On behalf of all of us, be safe, have fun, and everybody just have an outstanding day. Again, Jesse, thank you so much for hanging out. Thank you, Johnny. Thanks for listening to the Outstanding Life Podcast. Follow Johnny D on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Motivational Cowboy. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, advertise, or would like to make a donation, please visit MotivationalCowboy.com. And remember to have an outstanding day. I would love to help you share your outstanding story. So if you or someone you know has a great story to tell, then reach out to me at MotivationalCowboy.com. You can also follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MotivationalCowboy. Wishing each and every one of you an outstanding day. 